Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Let's bring in Tom Murphy from the Arkansas Democrat Gazette, wholehogsports.com. He joins us on the Brandon Moving and Storage Hotline. Tom, welcome in. How are you? I'm doing pretty good, guys. Uh, it's a lovely day up here in NWA, a little breezy, but yeah, I guess the storms are moving in, so uh, we'll get done with the, the sports action a little earlier tonight, which is cool. Well, and uh, I don't know if they moved up the LSU game because of the threat of rain or because LSU's played so slow. Do you know for sure? <laughs> eh, that's a good one. No, I didn't get to watch. I didn't get to see inning by inning last night because I was finishing up football and doing a couple of other things. But um, they're a scrappy team, though, man. They had some really tough at bats against Nolan there, all those consecutive singles in the sixth inning, um, and they just wouldn't go away. I mean, even though. You know, they, there was a lot of flares involved in that. The, the run they scored in the uh, eighth was also, you know, a little bit of a good luck and just some bloopers and flares. But, man, they're tough. And uh, I don't suspect the next two days are going to be any different than, than last night. Tom, you could have written an entire special section on spring football during the time that game played with all the pitching changes and the visits to the mound, and the throws to first base, trying to pick off a runner who was standing on the bag. I mean, it was just it was uh, it was nonsense, honestly. And yeah, I mean, the fans had had enough; they were booing. Look, I'm sitting in front of my computer watching, and it was frustrating to watch. And I got nothing else to do, you know. I, I'm like, go ahead, I, you know. I got all night, but still, after a while, you're like, come on, let's play ball. Well, and you know, it's, there's a certain part of that you do that to keep the runners close and what have you. But yeah, when they're that, when they're on the bag. Um, it's frustrating. Maybe maybe they want to be seen as the villains. That they you know, maybe they like you can feed off of that, and then want to frustrate the other team into some kind of a mistake. I I don't know the psychology or the rationale, but those are things that could all play into it. I did not know Robert Moore's batting average was as low as it was until I saw that this morning. They they got to get him going. Oh no, there's no question. He he's gone through a pretty extended lull, and I think he had dropped to in the two forties. Um, or maybe even a little lower than 240s. And that hit by him um, after the pass ball, and they were able to score two runs on it. I mean, that that was major huge for Arkansas. I mean, he was hitting in the sixth hole. I mean, you had battles. Uh, you had a web in front of him, and I think the sixth hole might be about the lowest he's batted, certainly this year. Uh, but if, he's, if he is somebody who delivers in clutch, then you're talking about a pretty deep lineup um, and they've still got some places where when guys are up with two out, you know, they haven't been delivering. And there's certain places in the order, like I, I know Slavens had been hot, and, and he delivered some yesterday, but there's certain times where it seems like teams want to face Slavens with two outs and people all over the bases uh, because he, he he gets so jumpy at, um, you know, chasing stuff. So I, they're, they're a fun work in progress to watch how they do. I mean, and even guys like Turner and Lanzilli have gotten a little cooled off, but yet Turner had a huge hit at a big moment last night. So uh, just a fun team to keep track of. Yeah, I was looking at the box score from last night, and I was looking at the averages, and I was like, oh, Paint Stovall, he's hitting 263. They got they got to get him going. And I looked up, and I was like, oh, there's somebody hitting worse than Peyton Stovall. Who is it? Oh, <laughs> it's Robert Moore hitting 244. And I was like, wow, I didn't, did not realize that he was struggling like that. Uh, but, yeah, that was a great sign last night. And, and then the plays, too. Tom, I thought we saw last night defense lose a game for LSU, 
and and possibly win it for Arkansas. You, you know, the two Robert Moore plays, the, the of course the huge double play in the eighth inning, and then the the, the ball he got in a short left right center field and turned pirouette three sixty spin on the money throw to get that runner. But then LSU is just making it. They made one error, and then there was about four other plays we counted that a good defensive team makes that play. And it, 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 it helped Arkansas tremendously. And I, I think that was the difference in the ball game last night. Yeah, when you add it all up to, you know, the, in the balance, that could have been the difference. And they've, there's been some games where teams have given them. Like, you think back to the Missouri game, um, you know, the elements were a big part of that. And Arkansas didn't play its best defense on that, that artificial turf field either. But Missouri gave them some runs and, and helped them win a game. And LSU did it last night. And then when you think about one of the bloops the LSU hit, you know, Lanzilli's in right. I guess he just didn't see it well because yeah. he's got to come charging in and make that catch instead of more. You know, having to he was running full tilt backwards and he and he didn't. Then he then he kicked it, and so that was the one error. You know, boot for Arkansas that led to a run because you know, the kid I don't think comes hustling around third and scores if he doesn't boot it. Uh, but you know, Tiger wound up getting out of that inning with some some key pitches when he needed. Uh, but you know, here's the thing, both. Both bullpens used key pieces for moments last night that might not have them available for tonight, including the guy who was throwing in the the, the guy who finished up for LSU uh, with a long last name and I can't think of it right now. But uh, he went an inning and a third, so you know maybe he, they're better off not using him tonight, trying to save him for Saturday. And I think the same might be true for Tiger. If you're Arkansas, you still got Vermillion. And maybe a couple, three other guys that you could trust to get a few outs. I mean, Gabriel Starks to me is fascinating that, uh, his, the batting average against him is just minuscule. But will he walk somebody and throw a wild pitch and, and allow a run while he's in the game? Cause his strikeout rate is, is phenomenal and he's got great stuff. So, uh, how both teams use their bullpens the next couple of days are going to be probably integral into who wins the series. Yeah, the uh, pitcher Eric Reiselman for LSU was the guy you're talking about. He pitched an inning and a third. Now, I remember Dave Van Horn saying that uh, uh, LSU last weekend against Mississippi State, he noticed uh, they used that bullpen a lot, and a couple of guys I think they used all three games. And uh, mm-hmm. they're not afraid to uh, throw, run them back out there um, game after game after game. No, they are not. And and you heard Bob, like there was a couple of guys who only got you know a batter or two batters. So yep. they might have had like zero innings. And Bubba Carpenter pointed out that he's trying to get a feel for how Jay Johnson manages. And the way he used his pen, uh, you, you know, he, you could hear on the broadcast last night, not ha- not not uh, a fan of the way he moved bullpen pieces. He's like, you bring a guy in to do something, get an out, you know, and, and come in and pitch. Um, and a couple guys didn't get that opportunity. So, um, yeah. You know, some of their guys obviously will be able to come back if you only do eight or ten pitches. And, um, but the Reiselman guy at the end, boy, well, he had some just electric stuff. And it's like an intimidating presence on the mound as well. Two LSU pitchers faced one batter, and a third pitcher faced two batters. Mm-hmm. Another I mean, uh, pitcher from, the- I was going to say Nick Griffin for Arkansas. I, thought, I found that was uh, – uh, curious or uh, surprising, maybe that he was up at the uh, bottom of the or the top of the ninth inning in the bullpen throwing. And now I know they had some left-handed hitters coming up, and maybe that was what they were thinking. But I think their confidence in Nick Griffin is growing. Absolutely, and he, I should have mentioned him a minute ago with you know Vermillion Starks, guys who 
you need to get one out or, you know, you think of Vermillion as a guy who can get you an inning or two, uh, but Griffin could be a, a special guy to, you know, get some really tough left-hander out that, that the other team does not want to pinch hit for. And so, but he's just got to be able to come in and throw strikes, and that's the key. Um, and I know they want to use him more. And so I, I think there's going to be opportunities in the coming weeks that, that Griffin can be the guy. We're talking with Tom Murphy from the Arkansas Democrat Gazette, wholeogsports.com. He's on the Brandon Moving and Storage Hotline. Tom, let's talk about spring football. Got the uh, scrimmage tomorrow. What's been the best storyline out of spring football? Has there been uh, who's the who's been the player that's made the best move for you? Well, I've got to tell you this: an overarching thought is they're in, they're generating a pass rush from a team that you know doesn't doesn't bring back any what you would consider top flight elite pass rushers, but they're generating a pass rush. Now, they are having to do it through some blitzing, uh, and quite often, you know, you'll see five guys coming, which means like they're, you know, they're committing a linebacker or a DB to the rush, but it, it's unsettling to the O-line. And so, I think the, the O-line is learning all the different twists and stunts that they're going to have to face. And you think back to the LSU game and how valuable it would have been if you could have kept guys out on, say, five or six different other plays and did not make KJ have to create, you know, um, on a broken play. And so that helps the O-line, and then it helps the defense on learn, as Barry Odom said the other day, who is going to be – who's the guy we want to get in a one-on-one matchup? Who's our best edge rusher? And all those kind of things, they're learning stuff. Yesterday we saw Drew Sanders in an edge position with both Pooh Paul and Bumper Pool in at linebacker. So it was a, it was a, a four-man front, but with – a guy like Drew Sanders, who who stand up, so uh, they're they're evolving all their systems. Um, I would say Torian Carter at D tackle, I thought has made a really nice move in this camp. But like he's got violent explosion. We heard Isaiah Nichols talk about collapsing and destroying blocks. Um, he's had a good camp. I think Eric Gregory has kind of been very sound and has had a good camp. Jaden Hazelwood makes phenomenal catches, y'all. I don't know if he can be. The Traylon Burks position, I mean, he, he's in the slot, but, you know, if his shoulder's good when camp rolls around, I think we're going to see him have a chance to lead the team in receptions. Uh, it was really good to see Trey Knox back at work yesterday after being in the car wreck. I think I mean, he's going to have a nice, versatile role for them. Um, I think KJ's continued to come along. And, you know, honestly, Hornsby's passing was a little off yesterday in parts, but doggone, he – just the first play of this team period, he just lines up to the right, he gets past Hudson Clark, and he catches a touchdown from, and he has to wait on it from KJ. He's got phenomenal, elite, difference-making speed, and Warren Thompson talked about that yesterday. So, those are some of the guys that have, have really flashed in my eyes. Tom, are you excited to see what Hornsby can do in a game at wide receiver? I am, and I think they've seen enough of him just on these few practices since spring break. To, to line him up and a defense has to have uh, a, a great cover guy on him or they run the risk of getting burned. And so you could even use him as decoy. Like, what, you know, if the safety has to commit to that side and you've, you've pulled two defenders away from some other thing you're going to do, you could run a tight end on a drag uh, from that side to the other and turn it into a huge play if you hit Trey Knox. So I think, A, his 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 straight line speed ability to take the top off a of defense um, is is, is going to be a weapon for Arkansas. 
that they can throw to him and then also pull defenders away to exploit other things away from him. And honestly, his passing has gotten better. I mean, he is a better quarterback uh, right now than at any point last year. And uh, what a weapon. I, I'm, just his speed alone is a weapon Arkansas has to find ways to exploit. Is Trey Knox noticeably bigger? Oh, yeah. Yeah, one of the first days, so they walked from the Fred Smith Center out to the football field, the stadium, and we're kind of waiting there, and they walk right past us that you could just see. And, and Trey Knox is such an engaging, fun guy, one of my favorite Razorbacks. Uh, one day I'm like, man, Trey, you're looking bigger. And he's like, oh, yeah, thanks. And it was like, thanks for noticing. Uh, and uh, some other guys would have been like, yeah, okay, all right. But Trey's uh, – I'm so good to see him back. You kind of felt for the last two weeks that he was okay, you know, in good spirits from the concussion. Uh, but yesterday he was back and engaged in work. And, um, yeah, he's definitely put on 15, 20 good pounds, and I think he's embraced the idea of being a tight end who can make a difference. Justin and I have already targeted uh, Knox as a guy we want to sign to an NIL deal in the fall and be you know on the show with us once a week, uh, kind of like we did last fall. Who are some other characters? Who are some other good guys you think that would uh, be entertaining and fun to have on the radio? Well, and, and I want to add this about Knox. What he did last year as a tight end was basically being thrown into the position. And, he, and in a couple of games, I want to say Mississippi State, maybe Bama, there might have been one other game where he would have two or three catches on different drives. He had a good game against the Ole Miss as well. And so that was like not being in complete tight end mode. So I think in tight end mode, uh, he's going to be a difference maker. We talked to Pooh Paul, the linebacker, yesterday for the first time. I think they wanted him to go do that. A spokesman-type kid uh, says the right thing, talks about the right things. Um, So... You know, he might be a little young to, for you guys, but I, I think he's going to be a great team spokesman, uh, knows what's going on in the entire defense kind of kid. Um, and so when you think about their linebacker room now with Poole as the veteran leader, a guy like Poopal coming along. I mean, he even said that he was glad that Morgan and Hay- Hayden Henry came back last year to learn from him. So here's a kid who you know they want playing time as a true freshman, didn't get a ton. I think they were able to redshirt him and said, I'm glad they came back because he learned from Grant Morgan, how you study film and things like that. So I think he's going to be a phenomenal piece to have on the team, and he's, he looks the part, too, at linebacker. Tom, thanks, man. Have a great weekend. Uh, dodge those raindrops. We'll talk to you next week. Oh, uh, yeah, sounds great, y'all. Have a great weekend. It's Tom Murphy with the Arkansas Democrat Gazette. Whole Hawk Sports on the Brandon Moving and Storage Hotline.